uh, this week's cheer is sponsored by Bati and Eddie Jacobs in honor of the engagement of their son Akiva to Maria Aliwa. Mazitov. Mazitov. Anybody have been long time friends. You know, and they recently bought me that book on Rothko. There's a new book. Some woman wrote like a sort of a biography, like a a biography of uh, the Roth, of uh, Rothko's life. So I'm thankful to them for that as well. He was also a student. Of course, he was a student. I said that, and I said, Eddie was a student. Badia is Rabbi Riskin's daughter. She was not a student of mine. Okay. So what I want to say is this. I want to say is this, that in the book of Dvarim, you have to see the nation of Israel as an entity. So we think about them as a person, as you think of a person. And even though there are probably many different people there, you know, the person of, uh, of Am Yisrael is what is being referred to is what is being referred to. Now, Am Yisrael, they had a problem. Am Yisrael, they had a problem. Their problem was that if they were in any way self-reflective, if they ever in any way able to think of themselves as a... Uh, then they would come to the conclusion that the chances that they would be able to make a successful uh, to inhabit Eretz Yisrael successfully it was with all the conditions that are placed upon them uh, the mitzvot and the dinim and the, that they, they would certainly come to the conclusion that they would be a failure as they were as they were a failure in Eretz, in Eretz Yisrael. And they were driven out of Eretz Yisrael, right, in a major way, three times. The Assyrians drove up the northern tribes and the Babylonian the southerns, and then the Romans drove out the, the people in Eretz Yisrael. And in fact, this is a promise Stated in the Torah. I mean, that's really kind of shalom, shalom. It's really kind of amazing. Amazing by amazing, I mean, it says in the Torah, you will be unsuccessful. I'm looking at the pasuk. If you make a note of it, I don't have it on the sheet. In Perak Lamed Aleph, it's the end of the book of Varim, the parasha of Yelech. It says this. The uh, pasuk. And I will witness, they will witness the Shamayim Vetaharetz, or the Shamayim Vetaharetz will be witnesses. It's not on the sheet. Just listen. One Pasuk. Ki Yadati Acheremoti, Ki Yadati Acheremoti, I know that after I die, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Ki right, that kind of double language, which means whatever it means, but I won't say that it means emphasis. Is Moshe Rabbeinu is Moshe Rabbeinu promising B'nai Yisrael that they're going to mess up, that they're not going to be able to stay in Eretz Yisrael, and so in the parasha of Akev, we have to decide what the discussion is about. I mean, like if you just remember the pasuk at the end of Vayelech, which says it's hopeless. Well, what was Moshe Rabbeinu doing? What was Moshe Rabbeinu doing? And the answer to that is found in the Ramban at the beginning 
of the book of Dvarim, which I've mentioned several times, and uh, it's not on the sheet. <laughs> this Ramban is not on the sheet. But the Ramban says, if Moshe Rabbeinu had to make a speech, give farewell to Am Yisrael who are going into Eretz Yisrael, wouldn't he try to be encouraging? Wouldn't he try to be uh, uh, enthusiastic? Why does Moshe Rabbeinu talk about all of the different uh, uh, problems that Bnei Yisrael produced in the desert during the last 38 years? Why? So the Rabban says, no, no, you have to understand, that's not what Moshe Rabbeinu was doing. Moshe Rabbeinu was speaking to Bnei Yisrael about the love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had for them. And the word love, the word love, at least in this context, means unconditional. You can't have conditional love. So that you see that whenever B'nai Yisrael did transgress, and they were punished, they nevertheless kept going in the direction of Eretz Yisrael. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying to B'nai Yisrael, according to the Ramban. He's not coming to chastise them. He's coming to give them an optimistic position. What's optimism? Optimism means that in spite of it, in spite of who I am and what I'm capable of doing and what I have done, in spite of that, God will get me to Eretz Israel and give me that chance. So if you look at the Psukim on the sheet, right? Again, Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to Bnei Yisrael and he says, Moshe Rabbeinu says, I went up to the mountain on Har Sinai a second time. It was meaning the first time I went up on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights, right? It was God did not want to destroy B'nai Israel. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu says. It is, it is, I went and I was going to argue. I'm arguing a case that is unarguable. Even though B'nai Israel, even though B'nai Israel, uh, uh, <coughs> even though B'nai Israel built the golden calf. I, Moshe Rabbeinu, say, okay, it's okay. It's okay to build a golden gap. Let's go on. And God acquiesced to this. Go out in front of the people, the Yavo, the Yeshua Ta'aretz, and the Shemishbati, Lavotam, Lotetlahem. And so you see, Moshe Rabbeinu is telling Bnei Yisrael that they should be optimistic. That things work out. I mean, you're not going to. I mean, the Egel Azahav, who's thinking about doing that again, even though they, they actually did. They actually did, right? You remember, we talked about uh, Yerabam ben Nevat, who was the king of Israel after Shlomo HaMelech, who was the king of Israel after David HaMelech. So during the time of David and Shlomo, there was a unified kingdom. After Shlomo HaMelech died, there was the southern kingdom, Yehuda, right, led by his son, the king, Rechavam, and the northern kingdom led by Yeravam ben Nevat. Now, Yeravam ben Nevat, he decided as a political measure that he didn't want people to visit Jerusalem, which was part of the southern kingdom. So he set up idols, big idols in the north and in Beit El and way up north, as well, so that the people could have access to a kind of a temple, which I think that in them he thought, or somebody thought, that in their memory was the Egel Hazahav, right? The, it was an idolatry of sorts, but it was also the way the Jews chose to serve God when they thought God had, uh, had denied them. So this is what it says. This is what it says. Look at the Rashi for these two psukim Yud Vanochi Amadati Bahar Lekabel Haluchot Achronot. I was up there in order to get the uh, the tablets 
ולפי שלא פירש למעלה כמה עמד בהר בעלייה האחרונה הזאת, חזר והתחיל בה. And since he didn't explain earlier this part of the story, so Rashi is making an attempt to say that the story is being told in a proper manner, even though there was a split between the Aseret HaDibrot, which we've already heard, and this, these Psukim. Uh, the second Luchot were like the first. That, that just as God wanted to give the Luchot Arishonot, even though the Luchot Ashniot are kind of after a debate with Moshe Rabbeinu, also Biratzon. It's also Biratzon. Avelu Biratzon. Avalem Tzayim Shamaniti Shamlit Palel Alechem. But the middle 40 days, right? You remember there were 120 days. 40, Moshe Rabbeinu Harsinai, number one. And then 40, when Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to mop things up somehow in the Machana, in the camp. And then the last 40 days, when Moshe Rabbeinu gets the, gets it again, right? He gets, he gets the Luchot over again. So Rashi says, that the emtsaim shamaditi shamlit palel alechem when I daven for you are you bekas? Those were the days that God was angry, but somehow the anger was mitigated, right? Now pasuk yud aleph, pasuk yud aleph, vayom Hashem elai. Avo pi she esartem meacharav v'taitem ba'egel amarli lech. Even though you did these terrible things, God said, And this reminds me of that Ramban. Even though the Ramban was written much later than the Rashi. But Rashi seems to say, Rashi seems to say, you have to focus on the, on the subtotal of things. And the sub, subtotal of the things is that Bereshra got away with it. They were able to continue. They were able to march on the way to Eretz Yisrael. And that's the message that Moshe Rabbeinu is giving to B'nai Yisrael. And this is his dying soliloquy. He's saying, it's okay. You know, you'll make it. You'll get there. Uh, God, because that's what God wants. Not because Yoshua is as good a leader as I am. Or not as good a leader as I am. But because God wants you to get to Eretz Yisrael. And now you have this great pasuk, you know, great psukim come up from time to time. Of course, that's a subjective position, but it's it's a, uh, um, it's found also in the words of the Misrach Yisharim, as I will tell you, I will show you. Vata Yisrael, here we have pasuk starting Vata. Who's speaking? Moshe Rabbeinu speaking. That after Moshe Rabbeinu gives them this argument, be optimistic, stick with it, go to Eretz Yisrael, you'll make it, right? Vatai Yisrael, What does God want in return? What do you have to do? So the answer's got to be something easy. God wants something easy from you. And what's the something easy that God wants, that God wants from you? Only, only, that's what, you know, seems to be a fair translation. What does God want from you? What's Yir'ah? Yir'ah is easy. Really hard about Yir'ah. If you feel that you're standing before God, and you know that God has all the power, and you know that you're like your life and your existence is in the balance. So you think here as ah, a simple thing. It's not something that you have to think about too much or work on too much. So that's Yira. Yira. So Hashem Elokecha lalechet bechol drachav, lalechet bechol drachav ula ahava. Ahava is a little harder than Yira. It's a little. You know, you have to be certain, you know, I mean, who do you, who do people love naturally? Children, their parents, siblings, each other, husbands, their wives, their wives, the husbands. Like, what do you mean, ahava? That, that, that you're certain about it. 
Hava is, is something that it doesn't come upon you, but you're absolutely certain about it. It's, it's something that you have no fear about opening up, about expressing yourself, about saying who you are. That's, that's Ahava. So again, the Pasuk says, Yira, and then the Pasuk says, Chetkol, one second, one second. Whatever the that's one. That's what it's full of chesed. That that that's the lalechet bidrachav. That's what uh, what we call the redarchei Hashem. And then laahava, laahava. That's the thirty laavodeto, laavodet Hashem lekecha bechol abavcha bechol nafshecha. Laavod, laavod usually means to do something, to do mitzvot. Right. So that's the fourth on the list. So there's yira and drachav. And Ava and Mitzvah. That's what the Pasuk says. That's what the Pasuk says. We'll get to the Misraji Shareem in, in a while. Rashi. Rashi says, Vata Yisrael. Ava Pishasitem Kolzot, Odenu Rachamav Vechibato Alechem. You see it? See, even though you did all these things and you messed up again and again, God's love and mercy remains with you. And love, I'm sorry, and chibato. Chibato is a word which sort of means uh, love, appreciation. It's a little hard to, a little hard to get a handle on it. Chibato alechem. Umikol mashachatatem lefanav enosho el mikem ki em liyirah. So God is not demanding of you that you do anything except except year up, just to to be uh, to be uh, wary, to have fear. Ki imli year up, rabotenu davshu mikan hakol b'day shamayim chutz b'yirat shamayim. So, in other words, hakol b'day shamayim means that we can't really assess reality. So things happen in reality. We have a certain study from Avram Avinu. We have a certain sense of justice, we people, and that doesn't seem to be the way the world runs. So we say, I don't think it means that we have no choices, that we don't make choices. We make choices, but they're not ultimate. Ultimately, we're not in charge. You know, it's like the hurricanes, the floods. And then, you know, like no one has any, even today, I mean, today we're, uh, we see ourselves as being very powerful. But we can't make it rain, and we can't make it stop raining, and we can't make the tsunami go somewhere else. And like, we see that, you know, that Japanese painting with the wave? I forgot the name. You know that? Who? Yeah, it's like that's us. We're like on that wave, someplace. It's, we have no control at all. That's why it, it's one of the reasons that the painting is so compelling. You know, people look at it because they feel it reverberates with them, with their inability to be in control. So, Kolbi Deshamayim Chutzbi. That's a Gemara. The Gemara says in Brachas that from this pasuk, he imli yirah. That's all there is. Yiratshamaim, you have a choice. You can turn away, or you can look at it straight in the in the face. Atay Yisrael again. Abba b'yisid kol zot odena rachamim rachamav chibato alehem b'kol mashachatatem levanav enosho el mikem kiyim liyirah. You see, that's all you have to do. Yirah is easy. Yirah is easy. Children know how to be afraid. I mean, they, they don't know exactly what they're afraid of, but they know that they're afraid. That's what the, that's what the Pesach says. Rabbi Shedr, Shubikan, 
הכל בידי שמיים, חוץ בידי שמיים, מיראת שמיים. לשמור את מצוות השם, פסוק י"ג, let's look at the פסוק, ופסוק says, לשמור את מצוות השם ואת חוקותיו אשר אינו מצווה, מצווך היום לטוב לך, right? Whatever that means. You know that the Rambam had this theory about mitzvot, that mitzvot were good for you. That they really, they, they, they had a good result. If you kept the mitzvot, so society would be better, family would be better, community would be better. That was the Rambam's, that was the Rambam's uh, theory. Uh, of course, uh, Kabbalists stressed more the idea that the mitzvot somehow fixed whatever was wrong with creation. You know, they had like a, a more exalted notion of what the mitzvot do. But in, in any event, in any event, uh, that's what, uh, what we're talking about. Lishmor et mitzvat Hashem. Lishmor et mitzvat Hashem. You have to keep God's commands. Vavhi lo lechinam. And this is also for some good. It's not for nothing. That's how he reads the Pasuk. The Pasuk, 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 you give the Shmurt, Mitzvot Hashem, Vet, Kukotav, Asher Demzela, Letovla. Like this kind of elliptical sentence that hangs at the end. In the third grade, you'd get a, like a red mark for writing such a sentence. But the Torah likes ellipses, those, that kind of ellipses, because it focuses you on it. It was because it's not smooth, because it's not smooth, it has a different kind of advantage. And that different kind of advantage, did you notice it? Right? And the tovlach. The tovlach means that, that somehow the mitzvot give you an edge. Right? It's good for you. It's better for you. That's what the mitzvot, that's what the mitzvot are. Pasuk Yudalit, Pasuk Yudalit. It says, well, it's a hot pasuk. God is somehow in control of heavens and the heavens above the heavens. And the earth, the created world and everything in it. So Rashi says, Rashi says, is there a Rashi? Yeah. Rashi? Which? Not Rashi? You understand what that means? Uh, Hain is like a, a word that says yes. Okay, obviously the Kabbalists would interpret this Rashi in a special way, but we will leave it be for the moment. Pasuk Tetvav, Pasuk Tetvav. Rakba Votecha Kashak Hashem Lava Otam, Vayemkar Bizaram Achrehem. So you have another this kind of tagged on which says says to us that we have to say something. But what does Rashi say? Rashi says Pasuk Tetvav Bachem sorry Hen Bashem Elokecha Hakol Va'apol Pikein Right? This is where we get trouble. Rakba Votecha I don't know what that means. What? Is it going on the Chola Sherpa at the end of the Passover? The end of the Passover? No. No, we're talking about Rakba Votecha Chashak Hashem. Maybe the numbering is wrong. Could you read it this way? Hen la Hashem Rukecha Hakol. Everything is to Hashem. And even though Yes, but what does the word Hain mean? How do you get Hakol? He explains it. Hakol. Hain There's something that Rashi doesn't explain. 
It doesn't explain what the word hay means. Even though well, we know what it means, but we know what it means in this pasuk. Okay. Uh, this is the only thing that God asks. Pasuk tetvav. Pasuk tetvav. Tetvav. Yudalit. Tetvav. Rak babotef rashak. Hashem lava otam. Vayvchar. I think what it means is that God is not going to protect you because of Ava. The love God had for us came through the Avot. The God loved the Avot, but did not love the Banim. But Yira is something that we can do. That's what that's what it says. Okay. Okay. That's enough. So I think we could agree that according to Rashi, we could agree that according to Rashi, what happened, what happened in this pasuk or these psukim is Moshe Rabbeinu trying to encourage B'nai Israel and to try to explain to them that God's love for them is intact, even though love is not really something that they have to generate. They don't generate the love; they inherit God's love from the avot of Abraham, Yisrael, and Yaakov. That's why we daven that way. That's why the davening is Abraham, Why do we say that? Why do we say that? So it's right here in the Psukim. We say it because our relationship to God is derivative from God's relationship to the Avot. And God's relationship to the Avot was certainly Ahava. And even though we can't always generate Ahava, we ourselves are not always capable of that kind of, that kind of thing. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we inherit God's love from the Avot. And even after the, the, the Midbar, the desert, when the Jews did terrible things and denied their relationship to God in one way or the other, nevertheless, the, uh, the Schut Avot remained intact. The Shudavot remained intact. And that's why I think that the main, even though the uh, the davening on Rosh Hashanah, right, the davening on Rosh Hashanah has Malchiot, Zichronot, and Shofarot, right, Psukim, we say Psukim, those are like the three primary aspects of Rosh Hashanah. Malchiot, we have to recognize God's kingship, and Zichronot, well, that's the main thing, Zichronot. And Shofarot is an awakening, right? But this, but Zichronot, what do we remember? What do we, what do we remember? We remember that God loved the Avot. And because God loved the Avot, we get a free ride. We get a free ride in this, like, on the Zichronot. Zichronot. All we have to do is remember. All we have to do is remember. That's why the Davening, the Davening in Megillat Echa, the last chapter of Megillat Echa, is Zechor Hashem Yalanu, right? Zechor Hashem Yalanu, which means, uh, uh, which means we remember, and that should generate remembering for God. And Zechor Hashem Yalanu, what does that mean? That means that that we can't perform anymore. We can't do what we're supposed to do. We can't do what we're supposed to do. Then. Then what do you expect of us? So it's going to be. So it's like it's like God becomes the accused almost in the Gilat Echa. It doesn't matter what we did, but if you really punish us, there'll be nobody left who knows the truth. There'll just be us. I mean, there'll be nobody else. So that's what that's what Rashi what Rashi says very much in line with that Ramban. That's in the introduction of the Ramban to the book of the Bari. Okay? Now look at the Ramban. And how do we deal with this love relationship in view of the troubles of Jewish history? Is that relevant? I, I think it is, but I mean, it depends on what you see as the test of God's relationship. How about the fact that we're still around? How about the fact that we're learning Torah together? How about the fact that we live in Eretz Israel? I mean, I don't know how to measure it. I don't know how to measure it. You know, people say, people say, hey, Eretz Israel, you know, it's only 60 years, the state of it is only 60 years old. 
Who knows, you know, if they make it to a hundred, it'll be great. I say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's definitely an indication that God is interested in the Jewish people somehow. I don't know what's going to be. But look at what there is. Look at what there is. This is this is the response. Now, you want to ask me why people were killed along the way? I, I don't know. I don't know that. But I have no way of making that judgment. I have no way of making a judgment about how God runs the world. I mean, I don't think anybody does. I think even people who don't think that God runs the world can't really, you know, explain what happened in Jewish history. Very, uh, it's a very difficult, uh, very difficult problem. So let's see what the Ramban says. I don't know if we'll be able to go through all the Ramban. One. The Ramban says this, Anochi Amadati Bahar again. He stood on the Har Sinai. Aldad Rabotenu, Yomar, Shamad Bahar Chalasham, Vishnei Aluchot Biadav, Kiyamim Arishonim, Alaluchot Arishonot, Abim Yom Abim Laila, Vaishwa Hashem Elai Gamba Pam Hashlishi, the God listened to me the third, the third time, right? The first 40, second 40, third 40. That's the next pasuk, right? says that's what. That's what happened. Okay? So it all has to do with emphasis. All has to do with emphasis. What do we emphasize? Do we emphasize the Chaita Egel? Are we emphasizing all the Jews who were killed in the, in the uh, Machane? Or are we emphasizing that it's going on? That the, the people are still going to Eretz Israel. They're still going to conquer Eretz Israel. That's what, that's what the Ramban, that's what the Ramban is, uh, is saying. Now, if you skip in the Ramban, uh, one second. Tov lecha, v'tam kayom hazeh. See, v'tam kayom hazeh, it's, uh, Three inches up on the bottom, the first words on the line, Atam Kayom Azeh, and that's something that Rashi didn't explain. You see Pasuk Tetvav? Zirakba Votecha Chashak Hashem Lava Utam, Baivchab Bizar Amachrehem, Bachem, Mikol Amim, right? It was God was very close to the Avot, and because of that he chose you. From all of the other nations, Kayom Hazeh. You see those words at the end of the passage. Those elliptical, those elliptical words, right? So, what does the Ramban say? The time Kayom Hazeh, Kikain Iye Bichol Zaram LaOlam. Just like today, so it will be forever. What will be forever? God's concern for B'nai Israel will be forever. That's it. That is it. So that the Ramban points out that the Psukim have this idea of Kayom just as today. There's the, you say, what is this Torah? You could ask that question. Like, what does this Torah mean to me? When I read the parish of Achim, I mean, I'm not, I didn't leave Mitzrayim, and I didn't spend 38 years in the desert, and I wasn't being redirected by Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, you can make a moral connection to anything, but why is this in the Torah? Why do we need it? So the answer is, the answer is that all these things... Sorry, you've had it. Sorry. Um, all, all, all the things that happen in the Torah, according to the Ramban, 
are I would say like this this idea of maaseh avot siman lepanim that the avot create the world that we live in they actually create it just like Avram Avinu the Rabbah the Rabbah Avram Avinu when he came to Eretz Israel went to Shechem why does Rashi say that Avram Avinu went to Shechem because he wanted to daven for Shimon Levi who had a battle in Shechem and and so he he knew he knew Avram Avinu that he could do something about the future that he could make the future he could make a path into which people would be able to operate. And that's called Maaseh Avot Siman Labanim. Here, what the Ramban says is that whatever happened in the Torah, what happens in the Torah, here's Moshe Rabbeinu talking to B'nai Israel about a specific moment in history. Nevertheless, that conversation about that moment continues to be relevant throughout history, over and over again. We're always in the same place. We're always about to go to Eretz Yisrael. We're always about to give a reckoning to God about ourselves. We're always about, we're always about, you know, are we good enough? Are we deserving enough? Like this, this uh, uh, Jewish kind of uh, uh, feeling that we have inherited from our parents and from each other that we're not really good enough for the goodness and on the other hand it's not good enough you know it's like like we really we do overtime overtime guilt right on the one hand we're not good enough and on the other hand it's not good enough so let's look at the Svatanet let's look at the Svatanet even I think it's a little warm today the Pasuk, you see the Svatamet on the second side of the page. Svatamet says this, Svatah Yisrael Ma'ashem El-Ker Shoem Rimach Ki Imli Yir'ah Mu'chazal Hakol B'nei Shamayim Chutz B'yirat Shamayim Rashi, right? Kvar Katabnu Mizeh B'makom Acher Ki Ma'achar Shekatab Hei L'ashem El-Ashamayim Yeah, Ashamayim Chut, all Pesukim so here is the Svatab and he still looks at this parsha in a different way he says if Moshe Rabbeinu says Yira and then Moshe Rabbeinu says Abba so he says obviously that means you could do it in other words, Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't tell you to stand before God Be'ira if you weren't able to express yourself, your religious self, in that in that way. So he says, "Vaday nitzav ve'nafshot b'nei Yisrael hitkashrut udveikut elaboreit barachshma." In other words, this is there; it's in us. This connection. We don't have to go to uh, to the far east and kind of become uh, guruized and, and do all kinds of strange things in order to get to this level of hero. But if HaKadosh Bogle says through Moshe Rabbeinu, Ki him that means you could do it. You could have Yira Shemayim, and it's not, a, it's not a problem. So why is there a problem? So he says, Rak HaGashmiyut Mechaseh Uma'akev but everybody has it in there. Everybody is basically a religious person. Everybody is a religious person and given the opportunity, if you're not clouded by all kinds of other interests that you have, you would be you would be full of Yira, full of Lasha Yira Chamayim. That's why in the Pasuk here, what Pasuk is that? Pasuk, uh, Pasuk. Where is the Pasuk? Ketzayin. Ah, Ketzayin. Yes. Yes. Now this is used several times in the Torah. This idea 
that you could uncover or lat levav chemak, a very strange kind of metaphor. Levav doesn't have an orla, doesn't have any covering it up. But the reason, according to, again, according to the Rambam, that this metaphor is used for somebody who does tshuva is because, because uh, circumcision produces a permanent change, if done properly. It produces a permanent change. So, maltem es orlat levavchem means that you could produce a permanent change in your heart. That's why that metaphor, that metaphor is used. It's not just that tshuva is some kind of a yo-yo. You know, you do it better, you do it worse, it goes up, it just keeps going. But that ultimately, if you really are into it, you can, you can be part of this. Oh, you can change. You can become a different person. That's what maltem et arlat means. If we go back to the Svat Emet, the Svat Emet says in the fourth line, he says, L'chein ne'emar maltem et arat v'chem v'arpechem al-tikshu ki ikar da'at haborei b'moach v'leiv. Your connection to God comes through the mind and the heart. No, no, because uh, it means the tefillin shal yad, the tefillin shal yad, and neged halei, and shal rosh, and neged hamoach. Shebekoach el hamitzvot mitgalem moach lev yicholim lamid al Hashem itparach. So you see, according to the according to the Ramban, according to the Shvat Emet, Yira and Ava are not demands that Moshe Rabbeinu placed before Bnei Yisrael upon entering into Eretz Yisrael, and therefore we can ask that question: like, what are we doing here? Why are we learning? Why are we learning this? But rather, according to according to the Svatamet, according to the Svatamet, our inclination is to Yira. Our inclination is to Ava. We just have a problem. We have a problem that we we're busy. We're busy with the real with the real of life, and the real of life covers up the inclinations that we have. To do Ava and Yira standing before before God, but the promise of these psukim is that you could change that. That's the promise for us. The, not because we're going to Eretz Israel, but because as people we can change that idea. We can change that idea, that limitation that we have, and make it into make us into the people that Moshe Rabbeinu was talking about. It had nothing to do with going into Eretz Yisrael. Done. It had something to do with going to Eretz Yisrael. But for us, it has to do with being, right? With the existential, uh, a religious personality. And so the question is, you know, I told you, I think last week we, we saw it, Rabbi Soloveitchik wrote that I find a little bit, personally find a little bit difficult for Rabbi Soloveitchik. You know, he wrote it, so it's all right to say it. It found in these book, booklets called Noraot Arav. In the tenth one, tenth one, page ninety-two, the Rub said, the Rub said that you can't trust experience or or things that that are going on. You can't trust them because they affect different people different ways. Sometimes a person, you know, sees a rabbi, one of these, uh, not not the kind of rabbi. That's in this room now, but like you know, holy rabbis. You know, there are people who say that's a holy rabbi, and other people say, you know, I don't get it. Why is he a holy rabbi? So that means that there is an aspect, there is an aspect of religious devotion which cannot be actually proven, and so the briskers, the rabbi Soloveitchikites. They think that Avodas Hashem is in um, being very careful about doing mitzvot. It's in the minutiae. 
I don't know. Einstein said it, or somebody else said it. it doesn't matter. But but there are people who think that if you know exactly what time you have to be there, and you're there at exactly that time, that you're doing the most religious kind of act that you could possibly do. And Rabbi Salavetchik, in that particular place, that particular lecture that he gave, seemed to be in favor of that, like some kind of literature position, even though one could induce many other statements of Rabbi Salavetchik which don't sound that way at all. It's just that this is printed and written down, and I saw it, so I, I, br- I, I brought it up. But here, according to the Svat Emet, according to the Svat Emet, you'd say, like, here and Abba, these are, like, great levels, like you reach really high to get Yirat Shemaim and Yirat Hashem. He says, no, he says, anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu turned to Am Yisrael. He didn't turn to, to a person. He didn't say, if you will just get a little Yirat Hashem in your life, the world will change. He said, everybody, everybody can do it. So it means Yirat Hashem is something that, that, that people... Uh, that people can do because it's in them it's not something that you have to develop Swatamet. you don't have to develop this capacity you just have to open yourself up to the possibility Swatamet. right the Swatamet. that's what Moshe Rabbeinu said to us right he said it to us that Yira and Ava somehow are, uh, are real motivators they really can change your life from, uh, from one thing uh, to another okay all the best. Oh, I didn't. Uh, I wanted to show you that. In, uh, I'm sorry. The first uh, in this uh, book called Mesilat Yisharim, which I think is a really wonderful book, even though there are people who think it's too simple. Maybe there's a connection there. So in this wonderful book, there's a chapter called There's a chapter called Hakdama, in which he tries to prove. He tries to indicate that. Even duties of the heart, like Abba, Yira, and, and, and things, are, are worthy of study. It's, it's not perfectly clear that we know automatically what those words mean and what they're about. So he tries to convince us, he tries to convince us that we should, um, that we should study these areas. We should study these areas. So, yeah, I'm looking at this. This is a, a standard edition. There are several standard editions. This is Mesilat Yisharim, uh, with the English translation of Shraga Silverstein, which is a good English translation, even though it's been... They they did another one for some reason, but you can still buy this from Feldheim. Mesilat uh, Yisharim with an English translation. So it says... He says... He says, just one second... He says you have to you have to study everything. Achameti, it's the true in truth. Kiyun gadol tzarich al kol adverim elu ladato tam ha'emet halo al tzad adimayon va'svara ha'kozevet. The law, in other words, you have to you have to be able. It's, it's like uh, Rab Nachman says that about the. You know, you could mislead yourself. You can say something you think is absolutely true and wonderful, and you walk around the Beit Midrash, and you kind of great energy, apply great. You know, like like you know what you're talking about. I mean, everybody had that, has had that experience, but you don't really know. And he says, he says the same thing with all the things that I'm going to talk about in this book. He says, Kol otam lahasigam in order to really possess them. And to understand them, you certainly have to make an effort. So he explains later on what that means. He says people have stupid ideas. Like there are people who think that if they roll around in the snow... Hard to think of snow right now. <laughs> if they roll around in the snow, that, that somehow that's going to do it. 
they get, you sort of like punish yourself a little. You punish yourself. <laughs> so he said, he says that's really stupidity. That doesn't get you anything. It doesn't explain anything to you. All you become is a a snow roller. Uh, my father told me, my father told him that they used to go uh, in the winter, you know, to the to the lake and cut a hole in the lake and dunk in the mikveh. It was a mikveh. And uh, the way it worked is that one guy in this group of polar bears were, uh, was given the honor, was given the honor of jumping into the mikveh before the Rebbe. Which I guess, the mikveh meeting into this lake, this frozen, this frozen lake, and after him the Rebbe went, so that the Rebbe would get a little, I don't know, warmth from the water getting churned up a little or something. But this, that's how they did it. And they built a fire on the ice, both fire and the ice are able to dry off and I don't think many people do that today what? they do? women do it? oh yeah but they're also jump into frozen water like in January in the polar bear clubs yeah polar bear clubs sure but those are people who are crazy for cold water. They're not looking for a mikveh. There's a difference. So listen, listen to what he says. He says, uh, These are really idiots, people who do things like that. You have to be really clever and really understanding and this is what Moshe Rabbeinu taught us not the Swasemis this is the Resilus Yishorim what did he teach us? Mitzvot Hashem ve'et chukotah v'chomem. Kan kalal chol chalkei shlemut avodah ha'nirzeit lishmot yitbarach v'heim. He says, Moshe Rabbeinu in directing us included all the different aspects of the service of God. Yira halicha bedrachav ha'ava shlemut aleish v'atchol ha'mitzvot as we pointed out when we learned the we learned the, the, the psukim. So what the, the Silat Yishirim said, what I learned from this pasuk, is that you have to study all of these things. You can't just assume. Right? The Misat Yishirim was before the Svatam, it lived long before the Svatam. So the Silat Yishirim said, you have to study. And the Svatam said, you got it in you. All you have to do is like shake off all that mess around you that's keeping you from being yourself. So I'm not sure that these are totally different or actually um, two different systems that complement each other and that make it possible for people to uh, to achieve what uh, what we said. So if the main question that we asked today was what is the point of the Torah telling us what Moshe Rabbeinu told B'nai Israel at that time? So you see that the question was asked and it was answered, you know, in different ways, but not so different from each other that we can't kind of absorb them all at the same time. Okay.